G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. There's a new documentary in production now and it's based on global research from the team at the Centre for Public Christianity. The documentary is to be called For the Love of God, How the Church is Better and Worse Than You Ever Imagined. But even before the release of the documentary, the discussion about the types of topics being covered has been heating up. Well, Simon Smart is Executive Director for the Centre for Public Christianity. He's been doing all sorts of good work and lots of travel uh, that's been associated with the production of the documentary and joining us to give us an update. Hello, Simon. Welcome back to 2020. Hi, Neil. Good to, good to be with you again. Simon, the documentary, not out until likely early next year, uh, but there's so much to talk about, and actually there's so much controversy to cover. I wonder whether, uh, before the documentary actually hits the screens, that uh, that you might be actually testing the waters on a whole lot of things. Is that the, is that the way you're, you're doing things with the production of this documentary? Yes, well, you're certainly right about the controversy, uh, no doubt about that, and... Um Look, we yes, and we are. We're doing. We've been do, we've been working on this for a few years now, and we've already used quite a lot of material in our podcast and in talks we give and things we write. So we think there's uh, a lot to say about this topic that will go on for a number of years. Uh, we think it's an important one for people to to consider the impact of Christianity, the good and the bad. What's it been like? How has it contributed to our world? And uh, when you hear the major criticisms these days about Christianity, we think this is an important conversation to have uh, in, in relation to that. Now, your whole team's been involved in this documentary production. You and your colleague, Dr. John Dixon, uh, you're featuring prominently in the documentary, are you? <laughs> yes, I'm featuring various pieces. So there's three hosts for the documentary, so John Dixon, myself, uh, Justine Toe, uh, there's a lot of the rest of our team uh, behind the scenes as well in research and writing and so on. So yeah, there's a few of us, we've done documentaries before, but this is easily the biggest in scope and the number of hosts reflect that. Yeah, I'm there at various points, including riding a mule down a very steep cliff in Hawaii. Look forward to that one, Neil. <laughs> I will. Look, there's an old sort of saying that if you're trying to sell a used car, do you point out all the dents and the leaks and the mechanical problems? Uh, when are you when you talk about uh, this documentary being quite controversial, uh, you are uncovering a lot of Christianity's past and a lot of things that some people will hang their head in shame and say, did we really do those things? Uh, did our forebears do those things? When you talk about Christianity's violent past, how much attention do you give that in the documentary? Well, we think it's really important to be honest and upfront about that, that there have been very dark chapters of Christian history by people claiming to follow Christ and acting in ways that look in just completely contrary to how 
Christ would have had them act. And we, we want to be honest about that. Whenever we, we noticed a few years ago, that whenever we did anything in public, in the media or whatever, people would say, oh, yes, but what about? And they'd list off a whole series of things. Uh, the Crusades, the witch trials, the oppression of women, the support of slavery, the Inquisitions. And there's a lot of material there for people to you know, actually to mourn and to regret. And so we actually think it's worth um, investigating that only up to the things that we recognize as terrible chapters, but also correcting some of the history. Sometimes it's told in a way that's exaggerated or completely false. We want to look at that as well. And also, in doing that, to kind of find a, a way to tell what we think is the very beautiful story of the impact of Christianity, which is absolutely there right from the beginning. Let's keep uh, focusing for a moment on uh, on the dark background, uh, because there is a sense, I think, in one, in one of your uh, publicity blurbs uh, that it's John Dixon who knows where the bodies are buried. Uh, the, uh, the whole idea of digging up some of that past. Uh, I do like what you're saying when you say, well, some of those things need to be corrected because revisionists or people who want to slander Christianity often come up with their own slant on things. But knowing where the bodies are buried, knowing what all the problems are, is something I think that is very important. How do you see that? Well, I think it is absolutely important to understand the history well and to own it. So people who are believers to recognize the failings um, and to, to understand something about how that would be received by people and, and whether that would then color their view of, of Christianity completely. We're trying to say to people, it's absolutely true. There's also this great story that goes with this. But either way, you want to keep, we're trying to point people back to the the person at the beginning of all of this, the person of Christ, and look at his character, the things that he was calling people towards, and see how uh, when people have acted in those ways, how much better the world is because of that. And so it's a, it's, I think it's an honest approach. Uh, it's, it's a serious approach. We've tried to go to the best experts in these areas uh, around the world, so we'll go to the best crusade scholar at Oxford University and get the, the lowdown from him, not he, he isn't a believer, but we want to get the, the truth about the Crusades from him so that we're getting as close to the truth as we can. And we think in doing that, we're, we're um, being honest, but also giving ourselves perhaps the right to tell this incredible story. It's an astonishing story of the way Christianity has shaped the world in ways that people probably have forgotten about today. So when we move on to some of those good things, as you say, the way Christianity has shaped the world, it looks very different where Christianity has done the shaping to where those nations are where there was no shaping of Christianity. How do you make that contrast? How do you bring out the best points? Well, one of the ways we do that is to is um, looking at the the ancient world and what it was like before Christianity was born and and before the Christians started taking seriously things like loving your enemies and caring for people and laying down your life in for people and, and compassion and looking out for those who are the weakest and are the most, the most vulnerable in society, that sort of thing. And so we tell a story, it's not a com comprehensive all the way through, but we look at big themes of Christian history. And so we, we contrast what Christ calls people towards and what, what that looked like in the ancient world and then how that then flowed into the rest of, of history.
we recognise all the way that there have been failings in, in following those things, but also when we get to tell those positive stories, we will talk about human value and the immense difference, the profound difference it made to come to understand every human life as, as precious because everyone's made in the image of God. That's a totally revolutionary idea when you introduce it into the, the ancient world, and it makes massive difference in everything from charity to education to the early seeds of democracy to hospitals and, and uh, care for the weakest and those on the margins. So we think the, the difference is immense, and we want to just say this is where this comes from somewhere. This attitude to the value of every, every individual comes from a story. It doesn't just emerge out of thin air. And we want to trace that story and see what sort of difference it's made. Well, we're talking about a new documentary. It won't be out until early next year. The documentary is called For the Love of God, How the Church is Better and Worse Than You Ever Imagined. Simon Smart is our guest. He's Executive Director at the Centre for Public Christianity. We're back with more talking about this documentary just ahead. We're taking a short while to plot some of the controversies that are coming out of a new documentary that's due out early next year. The documentary is called For the Love of God, How the Church is Better and Worse Than You Ever Imagined. This contrast between the good things that the church has done, the things we often talk about on this program, and yet there are a lot of bad things that have happened in the history of the church, things that you can't just gloss over, things that you can't just whitewash. Although some of those things, as we discovered in the last segment with Simon Smart, some of those things need to be corrected because oftentimes the opponents of Christianity have taken that much further than it needed to go and painted Christianity in a light that it does not deserve. Simon Smart, as we talk about this contrast, the things that the church does not deserve, when you think of those sorts of big, big issues, uh, ideas of where the bodies are buried, uh, when you think of those things, what are the things that come to mind that really need to be corrected in the thinking of people when they think about the history of Christianity? Yeah, and there are some things, as we said before, Neil, that are just truly terrible and don't need any correction. They just have to be ad admitted and mourned over. Uh, but there are plenty of other things that you hear in kind of conversation these days that are thrown out fairly glibly um, about Christian history that, in fact, went on closer investigation turn out to be either wildly exaggerated or just kind of the wrong emphasis or not understanding the context. A good example of that is the Inquisition, which everyone is kind of emblematic of all the terrible things about the Church. Uh, the Spanish Inquisition, which is the most famous of those, um, where people are, are tried for heresy. I mean, it's a kind of strange thing for us these days to think you could be tried and actually put to death for thinking the wrong thing theologically. Uh, it's a very foreign thing for us. And yet at the time, it was kind of thought of as, as what you do. Now, I've heard well-credentialed journalists talk about the millions of people killed in the Inquisition. Now, when you look at, when you talk to the people who actually study the Inquisition, they say it's, it's not even... It's not even close to that. It's a, it's a much smaller figure. So over a 350-year period, we think there were about 6,000 people killed by the Inquisition, about 18 people a year, or something along those lines. Now, 
that's terrible. I mean, we should admit that that's an awful thing that anyone was killed for having a, perhaps an incorrect theological belief, and, and we rightly kind of reject that. But it's good to know what was the truth about the matter rather than some massively exaggerated thing, which can lead to people saying things like, you know, religion's the cause of most of the conflict in the world, which is just demonstrably false. But if you get a picture of millions and millions of people killed, even in the Inquisition, which is massively overstated, you can see how this myth develops around uh, the Christian Church that is, you know, a lot, makes it look a lot worse than it actually is. And that's not to say you know, there weren't terrible things, but it's good to be clear on the history. So, Simon, a lot of what comes down to a, a poor uh, image in history and to what those good things that happened in the history of Christianity comes down to the use of power, the use of that power and sometimes the abuse of that power. And uh, people have been testing the waters all the way through history. Is that a fair enough assessment to talk about power issues as sometimes things get out of hand? Absolutely. And the church has been guilty uh, in its history of uh, gathering as much power as it could and using that in ways that are contrary to the way Christ would have ever wanted people to use power. Humility is the great revolution of of Christianity, but sadly we haven't always been good at following that. And, yeah, it's true that churches abused power in the past. There were some pretty grim times where uh, some church leaders looked more like warlords um, and gathering as much loot as they could than they did as, as leaders of a church. But it's good to, what we try to keep doing is push people back to who is following Jesus in this case and who is defying him. And it seems very clear when you start to look at Jesus and the things he called for, for people to be laying down their lives for others, for people to be humble, to consider others better than than themselves, to be living in sacrificial love for others. You get a very clear, I think, picture of those who are able to follow that calling. And so we'll contrast uh, some of those uh, abuses of that with those who are able to follow it. Dietrich Bonhoeffer is a, a great example of this, if I could, if I could have a moment just to, to mention him, in a, in a kind of dark story for the church in, in, under Nazi Germany, where a lot of the church capitulated to the nationalism and, and the, the uh, anti-Semitism of, uh, of the Nazis. You have some individuals like Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who were able, because of their faith, to see very clearly what they were called to do, and that they were called to stand up for the victims here, and to speak for them, and to stand against the idolatry of the state uh, that was worshipping power and worshipping nationalism. And so you get someone like that who then goes to his death at a young age because he was prepared to stand up uh, for justice and truth and beauty. And so those contrasts, I think, help us to see clearly the way the Christian is at least called to act and also to see the ways in which the world has been made a better place when Christians have been able to follow in that path. So we have these issues of charity and humility and service Uh, ways that you can wield power in a different light to what we might think about wielding power for the sake of holding power by violence. And that charity and that humility, that servanthood, uh, those sorts of things are reflected in the life of Jesus. Is that the sort of thing that you ultimately would be looking to bring out in a documentary like yours? Yes, we want to highlight uh, Jesus' approach to these things, and we do that partly by telling the stories of those who clearly followed in those, those footsteps. So you've got people like 
um, Father Damien from Hawaii, who, when when a whole lot of people were left who had leprosy, were left in a a very difficult place to live in Hawaii on an island that were completely isolated, they were left to die. And he says, no, we can't be like this. We've got to go in and care for these people. And he does that. And and he sets up a community there and he cares for people with leprosy to the point where he himself dies of leprosy. He's thought of as a great hero from Belgium. People like Lord Shaftesbury from England, who when he died, the streets of London were lined with working class people who understood that this was a person who, because of his faith, uh, spent a life serving them and, wor- and speaking up for them and agitating for them such that their lives were of lives that were quite miserable were made a lot lot better. So there's some some really great stories to tell in this this uh, mixed history, but really clear to us when you see someone who's following Christ and also seeing someone who claims to follow Christ but acts in a way completely contrary to that. Well, it's been a long journey to get to this point and good for us to be talking about the issues even before the documentary hits the screens. Now, it's likely to be on our screens early next year, so we're talking post-Christmas into February uh, for the possibility. In the meantime, as you say, you've been talking through a lot of these issues. There are events that you're running. You've got people coming out for Q&A sessions talking about these. In some sense, Simon, making the best of the opportunity in the lead-up to the release of this particular documentary. But there are some vignettes, as you say, people can see already now on a website called fortheloveofgodproject.com. So fortheloveofgodproject.com. When people go onto that website, Simon, what are they likely to see? Well, they'll get a bit of information about the documentary as it is at the moment. They'll get some uh, snippets where they can see a bit of a like a bit of a highlights reel of some it gives you a feel for the for the way the documentary will look once it comes out. You also get some we we did Facebook posts where we were going uh, wherever we were going just did little kind of grabs for people and there's a few of those videos up as well as you can sign up to a director's pass which means you get emails alerting you to events and when material is coming out. Uh, we're we're really hoping that the digital platform for this project will be really used a lot. It's a big focus for us. So we'd love it if people started to uh, look at that and get a feel for it, sign up to the email so they'll know what's coming. But that'll be a big one for us for schools and universities and churches and and other places where people can uh, get onto this material and use it in lots of different ways, we hope. As you say, the momentum is growing. The documentary to look out for is called For the Love of God, How the Church is Better and Worse Than You Ever Imagined. That website to see some of the vignettes, the preview-type material for the documentary, fortheloveofgodproject.com. Simon Smart from the Centre for Public Christianity. Simon, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with us today on 2020. Uh, It's a pleasure to talk with you, Neil. Thanks so much. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au. (laughs) 